Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Listen, this podcast exists because we want you to win. And what is leverage, you ask? It's a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. And that's exactly why we called it the climb. If you're a songwriter, if you're an artist, you're going to need leverage. And the climb stands for CLIMB, creating leverage in the music business, which is awesome. That's incredible lyricism from my lyrical host and good friend, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he takes you right across the finish line and actually connects you with the pros. You can't ask for more than that. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, super easy to get him at songwritingpro.com. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production, singular, and no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's up, brother? Hey, man. How you doing? Oh, it's, a, it's a good day. How you doing? It's a good day to be alive and be climbing. It is. It's a good day to be climbing. Every day is a good cool day stuff going on with the climb community. Um, lots of people in there helping each other out. I just love our climb community. I love the way everybody's taking care of everybody else. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. everybody. Taking care of everybody. Uh, no, if you uh, want to join the climb community. Son says, anybody. 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 Uh, if you haven't joined the Climb community, please do so. Go to Facebook, search for the Climb community, ask to be let in. We will let everybody in. And if you are bad boys and girls, we will roadhouse you. Amen. Because mm-hmm. so, we're always nice until it's time to not be nice. Right. And then we roadhouse you. But <laughs> we'll uh, turn your angel eyes your way until... You throw beer bottles at Jeff Healy, and then we will roadhouse you right out of the. That is right. Because right. Jeff Healy's our friend. <laughs> um, and hey, share this content if you like it. If you like what we're doing here at the climb, I'm sure that your bandmates, the artist friends, your your industry friends would all uh, you know could get some value out of this as well. Uh, leave a rating and review so it makes us look legit, and we'll make you famous. Uh, leave it on. Let us know what you think. Give us a five-star review. We're, we're always appreciative, and we read every single one on the air. That, that makes us look legit to people who aren't aware of us yet. They want to stick their toe in the water and see if it's really something cool. And your, your referral, your testimonial is going to do the trick. And then finally, subscribe. Subscribe so it automatically comes into your podcast player every Tuesday and now every Friday with our little pull-out pieces here. And uh, there you go. So what are we going to – we going to get into today, Mr. Brent? Well, now at the time of this recording, the Winter Olympics are on. So they're getting the coverage and all that stuff's going on. Dun, 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 or whatever the theme song is and, <laughs> and all that stuff's going on. And uh, so I was like, I want to be timely. Of course, by the time this airs, you know, you're listening, it's already over. Spoiler alert. You can tell us who all won. But I was just, so I was just thinking about that going, you know, how does this relate to to music business, to songwriting, to artists and stuff. I was like, you know, there are a lot of parallels between being world-class athletes and being world-class musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, 
all that stuff. So I thought it'd be pretty cool to kind of dive into some of those stories and, and kind of pull out some, some gold and platinum for you. There you go. All right. All right. You ready to dive into it? Let's do it. All right. So, yes. So at this point, the Winter Olympics have just ended, but I wanted to talk about how songwriters have more in common with Olympic athletes than you think. No, it's not just our youth and six pack abs. <laughs> not just that. Um, it's not just our endorsement deals and weedy box appearances, you know, and, and the fame and the fortune that goes with being a songwriter. <laughs> and, and if you're an Olympic swimmer, all the weed smoking. All know. that, yes. <laughs> all that as well. Um, so, you know, what, what do you as a songwriter have in common with these Olympians? And what lessons can we learn from them? That's what I want to talk about today. So I want to start with the most obvious. Uh, most, if not all, the athletes at this year's games are the best of the best from their respective countries. Like none of these athletes are duds. Like they're all, they're all, you know, sick. They're all really good. So likewise, pro songwriters are the best of the best from all over the world. Like Max Martin, like he wasn't born in Hoboken. You know, Ed Sheeran, he ain't from Desmondes. Desmondes. <laughs> he is, you know, and Sure. Like country, country songwriters are more U.S. based, but we have our share of foreigners, you know, Canadians and Australians, even New York City, all kinds of foreigners. New York City. Exactly. So uh, bottom line, the, the best of the best from all over the world are competing for cuts. This is a global game. So you better buckle up and bring your best. That's the first thing is like, it's not just your little hometown you're competing against. It's not even just Nashville. It's worldwide. You know, especially depending on what genre you're in, but even country, it's worldwide competition. Yeah. Because if there's money to be made, people are going to try and make it. And people love country all over the world. There's plenty and of so- Brits uh, here on Music Royal all the time. And I can think of there's a couple of big hit songwriters right off the bat British. Yeah, I can think of at least one South African, yep. uh, you know, that, that's here writing songs and having success and, you know, Canadians and Australians and Brits and all, all over the place. So, yeah, it's a global game. So the best of the best are competing. That's your competition. It's not just your small pond. It's even from across the pond, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the big thing. So, um, but I also want to look at some of this year's Olympians and their stories. Take a little nugget, little quick little stories and see what we can learn. Let me just give this disclaimer. This is according to online sources, so I hope it's right. <laughs> but even if some of the details are wrong because you can't trust the internet, uh, the spirit of it is still truthful. All right. That's right. All right. Don't, don't bust his chops on the details. <laughs> exactly. So uh, email Johnny at Daredevil Production. If you <laughs> no, no, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, here comes my little girl. Hold on one second. Let me mute this. Oh, she got back out. Mommy got her. I'm wave her away. All right. I love you, Ruby Jean. Go away. Um, <laughs> all right. So here's the deal. The door. All right. Christ is averted. We got my little girl out of, out of my office. There you go. <laughs> she got to look at Johnny on the screen and go, Whoa, what's going on there? She's all like, right. look at him. He's incredibly handsome. Like, <laughs> hey. He's got a dimple. Hey. 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 hey I'm just telling you. I can't blame her. I will smack you. All right. Oh, so anyway. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to talk about some of the Olympians and some of the, some little nuggets of their stories and how this relates to you. So let's go ahead and, and dive on in. So um, Kelly Clark is the one I want to talk about. She's a 34-year-old snowboarder, women's, U.S. women's team. Uh, she won a bronze in one of the previous Olympics, and this year she's competing against, and at this point, spoiler alert, she got beat by an athlete that she mentors, Chloe Kim. 
So you've probably seen her all over the news. She's a 17 year old snowboarder, you know, phenom that, you know, had the real emotional run and afterwards and everything been tweeting all that good stuff. So they train together. You know, Chloe is half of Kelly's age. They're close friends as well as competitors. And I think there's a lesson here is that iron sharpens iron. You know, your friends, your songwriting crew will make you better and they will drive you and maybe beat you to some cuts, but you'll still be a better writer. And in the long term, you're going to win. Like Kelly is, is better for the friendship with Chloe than she would be without. Because having that good of a, a teammate, someone you train with to push you and make you better. Likewise, Chloe is better for having someone generous like Kelly who's been there, who's meddled before. Instead yeah. of trying to squash her, let's, let's be the best team we can be for Team USA. Let's compete, make each other better, and we're both going to be better snowboarders because of it. And I think that has a lot of parallels to, to songwriting. I mean, yes. Oh my gosh. The, my artistry. Yeah. My co-writers are in a sense, my competition when they write songs that aren't with me, mm-hmm. but they're also my training partners and we go into business together on certain songs and, and we make each other better. And you just have to be generous that way. I'm not trying to squash my co-writers. I want them to go have success. Even if it's hits that aren't with me, that don't have my name on them. It's still better for the team. You know, yeah. just like team USA is better that they, these people uh, train together. Team Baxter is better when my co-writers have success because that shines more of a spotlight on our stack of stuff. But in the meantime, I'm still writing better songs because they push me, iron sharpens iron, that sort of thing. So can I, can um, I, uh, can I, can yeah. I interject for a second? So that, that, that carries over into the artist world too. And uh, I'm not going to get in too much detail, but I'm smack dab in the middle of a, of a situation exactly like this. And mm-hmm. so here, here's what I will say. I'm going to keep it very positive. <laughs> and that is that, um, so I have, uh, you know, you want, it's a very, it's a very small business, right? And, and you meet the same mm-hmm. people on the way up as you do on the way down. Yep. And so uh, you don't want to be looking through uh, your, you know, rose colored glasses as, as, as if everybody out there is your competition and needs to be crushed. Mm-hmm. You, you want them to, uh, to, to expand. You want them to grow. You want them to succeed because, um, I, and I'll give you a prime positive example here. This, this new artist we started working with, her name is uh, Ava Page, 13 years old. This girl's incredible. She plays four hours down at Broadway three times a week. Wow. Takes guitar better than I ever did. And I consider myself a darn guitar player. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, cause she's interested in being an artist. She's interested in being a, a better guitar player, but she's got two other friends, pals that she plays with uh, another girl named Taylor Gale, who is an incredible singer as well. She's 13 years old. And this young buck uh, named Landon wall, who oh. is a country singer that with a lot of buzz on him right now, he's 14 years old. Yeah. And I'm aware of him. Yeah. He's in the okay, so pro community and I think he's in the climb community as well. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. So these three kids, they do a show together. Okay. And it's community, man. They all know each other for two and a half years. They have the best time on stage. I'm not sure what's more fun listening to them sing, which is stellar because they're all incredible or what happens in between the songs. It's like going to a pro, right? With a bunch of pro Mm -hmm. writers and they're all joking and carrying on and digging on each other. And it's funny. It's really entertaining, but you know, here's the thing that here's my point. They are not in competition with each other. None of them are. They're all friends, right? And statistically, mathematically, this is exactly the way it's going to happen. One of them is going to pop before the other two. 
Mm-hmm. Period. They're not yeah. all three going to rise up and become well-known at the same time. One right. of them is going to pop before the other two. And that rising tide raises all ships, you mm-hmm. know, and, 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 and you, then, it be, then the one that pops that's maybe going to be introduced to more industry people and have some more relationships, going to share those relationships with the two, with the two other friends. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they're all going to help each other out. These kids bend over backwards for each other. I love that. And that's, that's what you want. You want to be positive. You don't want to be, you don't want to approach everything by being negative and trying to ace people out and, and, and being a jerk. Cause that Amen doesn't that. work. Amen. Because people that could open the door for you can also close it behind them or close it on your foot. Isn't that the truth? And, and also th- like the age thing, I know veteran writers who seek out younger writers to stay current. They're like, I know yeah. how to, I know how to construct verses and courses, but I need, I'm not as in touch with pop culture with the, how people are, talking these days, how kids are communicating and talking, the lingo, all that stuff, because, you know, I'm 50 years old and I got a couple kids and I kind of pay attention to what they're doing, or even my kids are older and, and just that kind of stuff, trying to stay in touch and, and stay sure. fresh. Sure. And so they seek out writers who don't have the chops maybe that they do, but they know the lingo and they know the language for the market and that kind of thing. So it's a little bit different from the Olympic thing, but it's still relevant. You know, don't, don't let the age thing fool you. Uh, next one up is uh, Lindsey Vaughn. And uh, since the 2010 Olympics, you know, she's an alpine skier. She's uh, made a comeback after several major injuries. So I I think she missed the Sochi Olympics four years ago due to a knee injury. She's fractured her arm in training crashes. She's had a back injury. Um, A lot of injuries. Brady Tennell, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's a 20-year-old U.S. figure skater. He's had years of back injuries, um, or she has. Um, In 2016, she was finally cleared to skate again, so she's here at these Olympics. Elena Mayers Taylor, she's a U.S. bobsled member who lost the gold four years ago when she accidentally hit the wall during the competition. You know, <laughs> basically wrecked a little bit. Um, and the lesson on this, and they're all back for this year's Olympics. Lesson on this: you will have to overcome adversity. Yeah. Like for, for a lot of these athletes, it was injury or costly mistakes. For you, it might be lost cuts. You might be getting dropped from a publishing deal. You might getting dropped from a record deal that never really took off. Uh, it might be artists and co-writers who blow up, then blow you off. You got to deal with it and get back on the ice. Yep. And it's like, I know for me, I've had conversations with um, co-writing buddies before that, you know, we've each written with artists who have gone on to blow up and can't get back in the, you know, won't get back in the room with us. We can't get back in the room with, you know, they, they blow up and blow us off. And my buddy is taking it really personally. Yeah. You know, he's that just sours him on the business and everything. And it, and it sucks. I've had it happen to me. I don't like it either. He's like, I don't know how you put up with that. You know, cause this happened to me more and it's happened to him. I'm like, it's just part of it. <laughs> you know, you just can't take it personally. You got to keep on trucking. If I let it distract me from my goal and, and just focus on the injury, you know, the insult, the injury, the, the mistake, the costly wreck, you know, I'm not going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to get back on the ice. I got to get back on the ice. Otherwise I'm never going to get the gold or the platinum. So you can't focus on that. They didn't focus on it. They overcame, you know, there had to be fear getting back out there going, okay, that really hurt last time I injured myself. Ooh, I can't imagine. Yeah. But I'm going to go do this thing that sends me flying up in the air again. I'm going to go do that <laughs> triple know? axle with a double cow, camel cow towel. <laughs> right. Exactly. Lindy. Yeah. 
the do si do. And and not bust my ankle in half landing on the ice or right, on my head. Macarena yeah. and turn yourself about. Um, so yeah, they got back out there and you're going to have to get back out there because you are going to get knocked off your horse. You are going to get, you, you are going to land on your butt or on your face. Um, and that's just part of it. And you got to get back up there. These people are doing it. You can do it too. That's nobody that is successful today. I'm sure has made it without being unsuccessful, without crashes, without wrecks, without injury, without, you know, uh, being sidelined for whatever reason, you know, that's not their fault, but it is a responsibility. So, so I want to talk about some of them also, and I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering these names. So forgive me if you're listening. And also, congratulations on being in the Olympics, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> That's positive. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, anyway, there's Mamie Biney. I'm going to go with that. She's an 18-year-old U.S. Uh, speed skater, and she's the first African-American woman to make the U.S. speed skating team. And there's also um, Sion Adigan. She used a GoFundMe page to help finance her ultimate goal of competing on the Nigerian women's bobsled team. And not really? only did she make the Olympics, but she will be, she is Africa's very first women's bobsled team. She's on the very first African Nigeria women's snow? bobsled team. How does that work? He's like cool runnings, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not easy to train for it. So Mamie and Sion, they, Okay, so first African-American woman to make the speed, U.S. speed skating team, and then the, you know, a woman that did a GoFundMe and then landed on Africa's very first women's bobsled team. The lesson here is don't expect things just to fall in your lap. These women weren't, like, chosen. No one came down from the mountaintop and just christened them, like, you will be the first. They went out and they made it happen and did something that people, quote-unquote, like them, had never done before. Yeah. There have been no other African-American women on a U.S. speed skating team. Did that stop her? No. She had to go do some of the people in certain ways, like her, had never done before. Mm-hmm. In a certain way, she's a pioneer. Yep. You know, um, and also, you know, Africa's very first women's bobsled team. Nobody in Africa <laughs> pulled that off before. She also had to do something that had never been done before. And so just because the people around you haven't done it and doesn't mean you can't do this. Okay. So maybe you have to do something that hasn't been done in your circle. Maybe people don't leave your hometown. You you're born there. You died there. People just don't leave where we are. People don't go chase their dreams. Maybe you'll be the first person in your family or in your circle of friends to, to find a dream and to chase it. You got to do it anyway. Even if you haven't seen anyone like you succeed at this stuff before, that's no excuse. I mean, this, I mean, who heard of a GoFundMe page so I can get to the Olympics? Go be a bobsledder. Where are you from? Nigeria. Wait, what? Okay, GoFundMe. <laughs> uh, go, go find yourself. So, <laughs> most people's reaction. <laughs> you know? Go fund yourself. Go fund yourself. Fund yourself. Um, I'm going to do the anti GoFundMe page. No, but you know, which is awesome. She didn't let, do you think of what are the odds, right? Of anybody making the Olympics, but of going, yeah. And I don't have the funds and I want to be on the Nigerian women's bobsled team, which has never, ever happened. Right. Did that stop? No, that's freaking awesome. I'm going to point something else out here, especially when you're talking about the small town thing. Um, I promise you, 
that you're going to have people that you know. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. The people that maybe even that you love, they're going to tell you you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Or even if they're too nice to say it, they're going to act like it. They're going to act like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you know what you're what what you're doing when you start to feel that vitriol, when you start to feel that poison coming at you, when you start mm-hmm. to feel that like when you start to look sideways, like Wait, something going on here. Like when that mm-hmm. thought enters your mind, odds are it probably is, and the reason is because you're doing something that they didn't have the guts to do. Mm-hmm. And, and remember that. And so that's when you're talking about being a pioneer, that comes with a whole boatload of haters. And arrows. <laughs> Pioneers get arrows. Yeah. Pioneers get arrows. That's right. So, so you got to press on with that and, and know that, uh, you know, that, that, that there's a, it's adversity, right? And mm-hmm. so what really sucks when that adversity comes from close to home, it's hard enough dealing with haters you don't know online and on social media and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But when they're, when they're friends and family, man, that's like, phew. yeah. I mean, coaches call those peripheral opponents, you know, like oh, for this good. Olympian, it's not the, uh, I can't remember what coach called it that, but um, it's not the, the people you're competing against on the ice, you know, in the case of the Olympics, mm-hmm. it's the, the friends that hold you to back the family that won't support you because that either through wanting to protect you or just, they don't want you to get above your raisin aren't supporting you or actively trying to sabotage that those are peripheral opponents. Yeah. Not just the people you're actively competing against to get on the platform and get a gold. And that's all part of the same game, you know, it's, it's part of the thing. And so it's just awesome how these people don't let the fact that it hadn't been done before by an African American or by an African or whatever, you know, it's like, no, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the first. You can be the first out of your home. The the GoFundMe, like the large portion of that pay for like ice, (laughs) (laughs) ice ice makers. Yeah, I have I no idea. I'm going to need a food machine. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> I do not know, but it's awesome. Um, all right, I have more of these, so I don't want to go too long. But uh, let's see. Michaela Schifrin, uh, her Olympic journey started about the age of two. 
And she became the youngest Olympic uh, slalom gold medalist in history at age 18. And this was at the 2014 Olympics. So wow. um, Nathan Chen, who's an 18-year-old U.S. figure skater, uh, he's been quoted as saying he knew he'd be in the Olympics uh, when he was just 10 years old. He, he said, you know, I do remember saying that as a little kid. And it was centered on the fact that I'd be age eligible, eligible in 2018. And I think what we can learn from them is you have to put in the time. Like maybe you didn't start songwriting as a kid, and that's fine. I didn't really start songwriting until I was, it's like 18 or something. Mm-hmm. But don't think just because somebody is on the metal platform at age 18 that they just started. Yeah. You're like, like this, um, Michaelia started age two, has <laughs> been on the ice. You know, Nathan, who, you know, he remembers at least being 10 years old having that dream. So he, I'm sure he was skating before that. He was on the ice before that. And so you're talking, these kids have already put in over a decade of work toward that. And so they, they may look young, but they put in the hours. And so you're going to have to put in the time, too. You're going to have to put in the hours. Uh, nobody gets there just going, no, nah, I picked it up last week. And again, it does, exactly. On a worldwide best of the best level. They put in there, even though you're like, the, like Ava Page. She's yep. 13. Landon Wall, he's young. They're grinding. grinders, man. They're, They're putting in the time. Grinding. They, they outwork everybody. I'm telling you. Like, I'm mm-hmm. so excited and blessed to be working with, with Ava. And uh, I'm, I, it's a joy to be around those other two kids because they uh, are they are grinding, man. They just mm. work like like go to their go to their pages. Taylor Gale, Landon Wall, W A L L, and Ava Page, P A I G E. Go check them out. Like you'll see that Ava's doing like probably three shows a week. Mm. You know, and it's not the oh she can't. Uh, you know, she's only thirteen. She can't. Uh, do you know an hour or 90 minutes of material no 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 she's 13 she owns it she does four hours and, <laughs> and crushes it right and keeps people entertained and like while people her age a lot of them are watching tv for four hours a day or watching the screen their phone for four hours a day she's yeah. up chasing her dream and that's awesome yeah instead of you know she's only 13 she doesn't know how to work like a like a pro tools rig or whatever she's like okay john i got like pro logic like what how do you want me to export these to you like she knows you know i'm like uh give me wave files please like <laughs> okay i'll upload them over here I'm, i gotta run out you know like all right you yeah. know when her mom calls and says i'm giving ava the day off she's exhausted she's not feeling mm-hmm. good i'm like god bless her she's earned it like yeah she worked so hard so so uh, another and, lesson you know, there is just because you're young doesn't mean you can't be some of the best in the world. You That's know, exactly right. That's exactly. She, but, she, she belongs like a daredevil. She belongs here. Like she's earned it. And, you know, think about like uh, Casey Musgraves, right? When did she come on the scene? Like four years ago, five years like ago? That, yeah. So prior to that, she's been in Nashville grinding for 10 years since she was a little girl. There you 10 go. 10 years. And then all of a sudden now you, she comes into your awareness and it feels like it's overnight, but. It's not, right? It There's not. a whole lot of road, a whole lot of runway before that plane takes off. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about a couple more here. See, there's a Mikhail Kingsbury, uh, Team Canada. He's a freestyle skier. He's won 48 World Cup moguls. I'm not sure what a mogul is, but it sounds good. And holds the record for most career wins in moguls and dual moguls combined. Those are, those are the bumps down a ski hill that... Like Thank you. when you look and you see some guy doing moguls, okay, so I, I ski, I, I ski, like I, lo- I love to ski. Okay. Never do moguls. Can't. Uh-uh. I just look at those guys with the moguls in their knees and I'm just like, oh, that just, that looks like it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's something hard. Okay. Yeah. So he's been competing. He's, uh, let's see. So Kingsbury, 
He's won 48 World Cup moguls and dual moguls combined, uh, according to the Candace Olympic team's official website. And then there's Noriaki uh, Kasai, I guess. He's a Japanese ski jumper. He's the first athlete to compete in eight Winter Olympics. He's 45 years old, and he's been competing in the Olympics since 1992. He's from what country? Uh, Japan. Japan. Yes. So the lesson here, drive, drive, drive. Your competition lives for this stuff. Like Mikhail Kingsbury, he won 48. He didn't just win one and go like, retired, done. Dude must live for this stuff. Live to be the best. He's good. Yeah. He loves the grind. You don't win 48 of these without loving the grind. You don't compete in Olympics, Winter Olympics every four years since 1992, especially in your 40s, to be world-class unless you love the grind and you're putting the time repeatedly, there's something that drives them. They're not just for them. It's not just about getting one gold or one world championship. Not because they wanted to be famous. It's not, no, (laughs) not at all in certain circles, maybe, but uh, so they want more. They're hungry for more. They, they're still hungry. And so they want to consistently perform at a high level. So I think one thing, to learn is don't let one success steal your passion or your drive. You got to keep on trucking. So meaning, Hey, I sold out my hometown coffee shop. Yep. I'm going to sit on my butt for another, you know, next week and just soak in the glory. No. Yeah. All right, good. Where's the next biggest coffee shop? Or I got, Oh, I got a single song contract. I'm just coasting, wait for that to pop. (laughs) You know, it's not going to probably you want more. Oh, I got one cut. Great. I want more, you know, not to make it an idol. You don't want to do that. That's not good. But these people are driven. Your competition, those are the, that's the competition, ski jump and, and uh, freestyle skiing. They're driven. They want more. Yeah. And are you driven? You're just going to take a lot of drive, especially if you want a consistent long-term career. Yep. And so I got one more for you. Now I'll finish up. Um, Sean White. So he's probably the most well-known USA snowboarder. You know, he's kind of a household name around here, but in the 2014 games, he tried to uh, double up by competing in both the half pipe and the slope style, but he had a drop out of slope style and he fell twice in the half pipe final uh, last Mm -hmm. go around, I guess. So this year he's back and he's aiming for gold and he's, I think just doing the half pipe. And I think he, I believe he did win the gold. Yes, he did. So the lesson with Sean that, that I pull out of that is you may need to focus your efforts and cut out the non-essential. So he's mm-hmm. good at a lot of stuff, right? So yeah. before he tried to do the half pipe and the slope style this year, he cut out the slope style just doing half pipe and really focusing on that. And he got the gold. He might not have, if he was splitting his time between do two different events, you know, how would that distract? He said, I'm going to get focused. Last go round. I'd try to do two events this time. I'm just doing one. And I'm going to be the best at that. And he is. And like for me, you know, it was, am I going to be a lyricist and a melody writer? Am I going to be a lyricist and something else? And for me, it was, I'm going to focus out exclusively on writing lyrics. And I'm going to let other people be what they're great at. I'm not going to try and compete in two events. Because you know what? I do not have the legs or the voice for melodies. And I don't have the mind for melodies. So I'm going to go all in on my one event, which is writing lyrics for you. It may be songwriting versus artistry or songwriting versus being a guitar God versus a singer or country rap pop, whatever it might be for you. I'm not saying we all have to super specialize, but for you to look at it and go, is something a non-essential I can cut out that's detracting from me being great at one thing, you know, is right. it better to 
hey, I competed in two events and didn't medal in either one of them, or going, I competed in one and I got gold. Mm-hmm. Figure that out for yourself, you know, what works yeah. for you. But that's a lesson that may apply to some people is cutting out the non-essential, really focusing in on something that you can be the best in the world at. I think it's important. Yeah. And, and, and because, you know, like the, another perspective on that is you were putting more time towards it. Right. So some of y'all have like normal things that you do that take up your time, like, you know, softball league or basketball league mm-hmm. or this or that. And uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be active and do all this stuff, but I am saying that there are things, if you look at your life that you can cut out to make more time for you to, to put towards this goal of yours to be a songwriter to be an artist and the the you're going to get the most out of whatever you put the most time into uh mm-hmm. that's where the results are going to be and so uh that focus there i think is is key for that and hey one more final thought here um mm-hmm. did you did you hear the rest of the news about sean white because people are gonna be talking about that after you oh watch. no i have not because i don't watch much tv because i'm working so, okay, so that's one of those non-essential things I've given up. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't catch it on TV cause I don't, I don't even have cable, but uh, mm-hmm. I saw it on, it's actually on digital music news. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <clears throat> last in 2016, he uh, was evidently um, accused of sexual assault. Okay. okay. And uh, the reason this is relevant is because he won the gold medal. Mm-hmm the one that you just talked about in the half pipe. And then immediately afterwards, what happens when you win the gold medal, you go and you do a press conference. Mm -hmm. And the only freaking thing that those people were talking about wasn't the gold medal. Wasn't about how he came back from not winning it four Mm -hmm. years before his age. Like he is not young, you know, like, no, they want to talk about, they want to talk about this, uh, this, problem that had been dealt with, okay, uh, with a sexual abuse case that had been quote unquote buried, okay, and they settled out of court. Uh, the reason they did that was, you know, Sean White has millions and millions of dollars in uh, endorsements. endorsements yeah. And now, and now those endorsement companies are revisiting everything to see if they want it to work. But just FYI, before you make a judgment, I want to encourage everybody to go to Digital Music News. This is where I read it. And they have the four allegations that were put First of all, the girl that accused him of sexual abuse was a drummer in his band. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's important because the context matters. Mm-hmm. All right, and the four allegations were not we're not talking like Harvey Weinstein stuff here or anything disgusting. Like those four things, I read it to everybody in my office. I read it to Lexi, mm-hmm. and you know, I said, Lexi, t- tell me if this is sexual abuse because the, the only thing I could see that he was guilty of from the stuff that was pulled from the court documents. Now, these are not. Mm-hmm. This isn't, this isn't, this, these are the actual charges, okay? Uh, Where he's guilty of being like 14, you know, like, what's the word I want to use? He's guilty of being like a 14-year-old emotional band guy. Like every single one of those things I've done in a band with my guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the jokes, the, the language, the, right. the, the, the stuff we chose to watch. This, mm-hmm. These are the kinds of things where she, quote unquote, felt uncomfortable. And I'll tell you what, like nobody knows for sure what happened, but it just really, really smells like this girl was trying to shake him down for cash. And uh, it's going to frost my flakes if I find out that that boy did everything that he's done. She's, they settled out of court. She got paid. Mm-hmm. And then now it's resurfacing. And if he's going to lose his endorsements over that, I hope that they, for the, you know, with my life, I hope that those endorsement companies look at what was going on because that to me was a joke. 
Mm-hmm. It was a joke. And I'm talking about like the court. This is not hearsay. This is, they said, here's what we pulled out of the court documents. And it's like stuff that I would say to, to my buddy, I would say to you, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And we would laugh about it. And, um, and, and she was in the band, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> I think, you know, you know, I haven't heard about it, so I can't comment on anything specifics on that. But one thing I can say is, you know, with stuff coming out, yeah, there, there are some people that make stuff up and there are some people that are going to accuse people of stuff that really happened. And, and it's horrible and, stuff, by the way, like, you know, like that's most of the stuff I heard, the Weinstein, all that stuff, this is tragic. It's, it's yeah. And so one thing, don't be doing that stuff. Yeah. You know, you can't control if somebody makes something up and accuses you. That's just beyond your control. But, right. you know, for one thing, don't do that stuff just to be a decent human being. Right. And the other thing is, you know, man, that's people are taking that more and more seriously, which is good because yeah. people don't need to be acting that way, but it can cost you a career, especially in, in something like this where your career is based on people liking you and wanting to show up and shell over money. To hear you and, and, and for the record, I mean, I can tell you, on, like, honestly, like, and this is in danger of rubbing people the wrong way, but every single thing he was accused of, I'm guilty of doing in my bands when I was that, when I was a you kid. Just, you just had an all-male band. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so there's no, like, physical touching or anything. Nothing like that was he was accused of. It was like, you know, it's, it's you have to read the, you have to read the exact charges, but it just was it was ridiculous. I just like, this is ridiculous. Like every band guy's going to go to jail. Like if that's sexual harassment right. in a band. Then, then the lesson learned is don't hire any females for your band. Well, and that's the, that's what, that's, that's, that's I the think would be the knee jerk reaction. Like honest be. to God, if I was a guy in a band right now, the girl, I'd be looking over like, holy crap. Am I like, what's going to happen? Cause guys, this is supposed to be his greatest moment ever. The press conference on how he came back. Mm-hmm. Like the it rose from the ashes, like the mystical Phoenix to win the gold again and be the best of the best in his thing. And they want to talk about something that happened two years ago that was settled mm-hmm. because that's the way the press goes. And think about that in terms of adversity when, uh, you know, we talked about that in the podcast before, like Howard Stern finally gets to NBC, mm-hmm. right? That's the, the New York NBC, the, 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 the huge, the, the, the highest that he could go at the time because XM radio sat, sat, satellite radio didn't exist at that time and they hate him and they, and they're trying to ruin him. You know, like when, when you get the, you get the, you get the trophy and then you turn mm-hmm. around and get punched right in the face in the same motion. Right. What's happening? You know, like this stuff happens. So anyway, I, I thought I, I just, I, I did want to address that because people are mm-hmm. going to be having opinions about that. Please look up what he was accused of. And make your own decision. But uh, I'll tell you what, like, I guess I'm lucky I never <laughs> had a female bandmate. <laughs> yeah, man, that's just like what boys do. Like, you know, like this is some stupid stuff we do. And it's funny, you know, like it's, it's, oh, I don't know what to say, but. Well, before we get any more off the ice here, uh, the other thing about these athletes is they aren't going it alone. Every one of them has coaches. Yep, they, got they have the best coaching they can get. They invest in their dreams. Not only do they invest years, blood, sweat, and tears, all that yep. stuff, they have, and time, and they also get the best coaches they can. They get the best money. Yeah. It, it, you know, if you're ready to invest in your dreams, I have a good opportunity for you. I have what's coming up is uh, every Monday in April, I'm hosting an exclusive series of live online workshops, online, so you can join from anywhere in the world. It's called the C4 Experience. And this five-week event, I'm going to reveal how to give artists what they need 
Give radio what it wants and give fans what they like. It's about writing market smart songs. Uh, I'm only accepting 10 songwriters into this class because it's highly interactive and I want to spend focused time with each writer over the course of our, it's like two hours a night, five nights over five weeks. So 10 hours together, there'll be homework outside of it. Uh, there's a, a lot of value in this. So like I said, it's only 10 songwriters. I only host this twice a year. So a total of 20 writers for the whole year. So you don't want to miss out. So if you want to get all the details, what you do is you either keep an eye on the email list. If you're already on the songwriting pro insiders email list, if not go to gift from Brent.com gift from Brent, B R E N T.com. You can download my free ebook, how to think like a pro songwriter, a lot of value in that, but it also puts you on the insiders list and you can get all the details. I'll be emailing out about it. Uh, so you can get one of those 10 spots. If you don't want to wait for that, you can also go to songwritingpro.com slash store and reserve your spots today. That's songwritingpro.com slash store and get your spot for the C4 experience. Basically, we're going to help you write market smart songs so your songs are just stronger and you can make that great first impression and you can get make some hay in the business and hopefully get some, get some not just gold, but some platinum out of there it. There you go, platinum. That's mm-hmm. the best metal. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another killer climb episode if you liked it share it with your uh with your compadres in the industry uh if it's helping you it'll help them join the climb community on facebook if you haven't already um make sure that you subscribe and download the the uh, then the downloads come automatically every tuesday and now every friday with our little pull-up pieces of song title challenge and a new little gym we new little surprise we got coming for you and uh finally leave a rating and review it makes us look legit and that's what we want we want other people to know how how this is helping and we'll make you famous we'll read it on the air so once again this podcast exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.